my oven might beep in a slight bit because I'm making potato Ooh, skins. Mm, so. Those are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So. Okay. I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph. And this is Saturday Night High. It's a podcast where we smoke up and talk about Saturday Night Live. Both new and old episodes tonight we're doing uh season one episode 24 the season finale of the um surprisingly shitty season one (laughs) i'll say it (laughs) they're finding their footing there were highlights there were there there were high there were sketches that worked but it was a lot of oh god what are we doing a bit much of that yeah yeah you could tell they were ready for a fucking break at the end of this one like it was it was time and it was like july of 76 they don't go past may yeah it was days. july 31st basically so, august right so it was hosted by chris christopherson and the musical guest it was chris christopherson and his then wife rita coolidge they were married from 1973 to 1980 she was gorgeous she was i loved her hair yeah she apparently had a thing for Chevy Chase and she was like in two sketches with him or in a sketch with him where he was shirtless. So it, there's the oven. God damn it. Um, yeah. So the cold open was shirtless Chevy Chase in uh in bed, and Chris Christopherson was singing. He was singing his song Help Me Make It Through and, the Night. Yeah, I guess Chevy needed a little bit of help getting this woman's hair um undone, undone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i believe it was rita coolidge um he was she was struggling with her hair chevy starts struggling with it all while the performance is going on and he yanks it and he falls off the stage like ass over tea kettle backwards and and that's a cold open he says live from new york um and we go into chris christopherson's monologue which was a bit of a hot mess he just kept talking about how he didn't think or that they, they, they didn't think that he could do it and i was like okay son yeah it was it was an interesting choice and then he's like oh well, we have to give equal time to someone who feels like she's been wronged and we went into the first sketch of the night which holy shit was this problematic as fuck yeah um so it was Lorraine Newman wearing this blonde wig and like little cute little black dress I mean she She looked good yeah no she was absolutely banging and that was like the best part of this sketch was getting to look at Lorraine Newman for three and a half minutes and then I felt icky because of what she was talking about so yeah it was a whole bunch of bad yeah (sighs) she talked about um basically because she was a fan she ended up becoming a secretary for Saturday Night Live and she was required to do um some things that one would call sexual harassment in the workplace um Uh, at the very least it's sexual harassment in the workplace she's talking about how she has to help the writers with their jokes and how comedy writers are weird and they work at home at night and she got invited over to help work out a sketch but she was surprised because none of it ended up in the show and then tom davis and al franken came over and 
they practiced all of these different, it was just like clear they were fucking this poor girl. And oh God, it was like, they got inspiration from fucking her was her thing, but it's like, honey, they're just using Yeah, you? and she like names some specific people. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I'm sorry, this feels so, so, so wrong. Um, yeah, holy shit. And so like the joke was that she was being passed around Saturday Night Live and that all of the writers were fucking her. And I, I mean, it was, there was, uh, so she brings out the book that she wrote at the end of it. And it was, I believe she said it was called, I was not a sucker for Saturday night. And it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, they're really going. Yeah. And then it ends with Chevy Chase needing help with update and she leaves with a vacuum. That has a feather sex toy attachment towards the end on the end of it so she was like it's really gross work guys and it's just like holy shit and like this was a few days after we watched the most recent saturday night live where they're mocking andrew cuomo for i haven't smoked flour in so long because i've been out of carts and it <laughs> burns it's different okay and it's like we're watching this a few days after Saturday Night Live is taking Andrew Cuomo to task for sexually harassing women in the workplace. And it's like, wow, both ends of the spectrum here. Yeah, this episode had a lot of moments that reminded me of when it aired. Yeah. So our second sketch was the return of Samurai Fataba, portrayed by John Belushi. And this was Samurai General Practitioner. And the patient was Chris Christofferson. And holy hell, again, they really just brought it with the racism and the judging women's bodies and weird anal sex jokes. And like, yeah, it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This episode is so far two for two in terms of not fucking great. Um, (laughs) I don't know if that math really works out, but I'm high. Um, Yeah. So John Belushi. you know, there's a whole bunch of shit with the sword. Uh, did you want to talk about the pee? I don't even, I wasn't. No, no, we haven't talked about the pee yet. Um, yeah, it was basically John Belushi doing doctor things with his samurai sword and different doctor instruments. Um, the only part of the sketch that I found even remotely funny was when he was like pretending to talk to the skeleton and he was like moving the skeleton's mouth in response. And then I guess it was funny until John Belushi took down an x-ray of a skull and put up a copy. It was like an x-ray photo copy thing of a naked woman. And he's like making jokes about it with the skeleton and he has a skeleton give him a high five. Yeah, it was just like, oh, cool. More shittiness. Yeah, I did think it was kind of funny how he prescribed an apple for the patient um but that was really yeah about as good as the sketch got i mean he did throw the apple in the air and like slice it with the sword that was fun too um yeah, yeah. All, all things that didn't ha- they, they really weren't problematic it was just funny jokes we don't have to be rapey or gross guys yeah an apple a day keeps the doctor away uh, we had Rita Coolidge's first performance. She performed the song Hula Hoop, and uh, it was very chill. And at the end, she, Lorraine Newman, and Gilda Radner all started hula hooping on the catwalk part of the stage, which was pretty cute. Very cute. And I just, 
liked the aesthetic of it all. <laughs> the next sketch was um, Garrett Morris portraying Jesse Owens selling medals that are commemorating a dying breed, that breed being the great white athlete. And that's essentially the whole thing. And I, I enjoyed it. I love Garrett Morris. I love when he does these, these things. Yeah, I mean, honestly, his little impression, or his, I shouldn't say his little impressions, that's rude. His impressions, they're very short. They're like 30 second ads where he does, it's, I, I don't mean little in that they're small. I mean, little in that they're just like, boop. Um, I don't know, his impressions of these random different historical figures are actually really funny. And they're very rarely problematic. I mean, they may have been slightly at some points, but nothing like what we've seen so far this episode. And yeah, just commemorating great white athletes. He's giving out medals and I giggled and it was very simple. Yeah, that was a good sketch, I'll say. Um, the next sketch was the Oval Office with uh, Chevy Chase playing Ford, um, who is, you know, clumsy and all that. I'm really sick of this. <laughs> Can't lie. Super fucking sick of it. I, it was Gerald Ford trying to woo a delegate from Mississippi. And like before the delegate comes in, he like hangs up a picture of Mississippi over his picture of Pennsylvania, but like it didn't hide Pennsylvania whatsoever. That was mildly amusing. Um, it was over the top. It was like, he kept tripping. He has Betty Ford bring in hors d'oeuvres. He eats a toothpick instead of having, uh, mint juleps, they have mint tulips. And it was just like, all right, we get it. Like he's a fucking bumbling idiot, but I don't think it was that bad. Yeah. Like in the sketch, he straight up can't hear what the delegate is saying to him. Um, and so then Betty Ford has to like basically step in and do a job for him. Uh, I just thought it was way too bumbling of a performance. Didn't care much for it. Um, no, and it went on for fucking it ever. It was like a three-part sketch. I, we, we, it could have been one part or they could have like taken parts of each out and combined it, but it didn't need to be it all It was that. nothing that we hadn't already seen before. Mm -mm. nope and so yeah that was yeah it was nothing we hadn't seen before you're absolutely correct it was just eating up fucking airtime yeah um after this sketch though they had one of those little title cards that they do where they show a member of the audience or whatever and they they have a, a little line and this line which showed up twice during the episode i don't think they normally repeat them um was leprosy dot 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 the ultimate weight loss program question mark oh jesus which is problematic on a whole bunch of fucking levels yeah. like there's the leprosy there's weight loss there's mocking both yeah okay um yeah the title there was only one card tonight that was actually funny but the rest were just really uncomfortable and kind of felt wait mean. which one did you think was funny um, it was an older woman. It said she was only going to be a virgin for another. Oh, hour. I did think that was kind of funny. She yeah. Was, yeah, she was like, she loved it. it she was, was dying because she was like in her late thirties, early forties. Like she was older. The other two people were just like, what the fuck? Why is the camera on me? Oh, oh, it yeah, wasn't wait, funny. I wrote down the other one. I'm just gonna read it right now because there's no reason to say it totally in order. Um, it was 
uh, a man who looked like, you know, like mid thirties, kind of big or whatever. And um, I said, knows no one personally. He just like was really uncomfortable and he gave a thumbs up. Yeah, it was so fucked. I don't know how long the bumpers go for, but I don't think they, uh, I, I, I don't know when they remove the bumpers from, not the bumpers, they're not called bumpers. Bumpers are what they do now. I don't know what they're called. The fucking quote cards, whatever. <laughs> I hate them. It's, it's like a bumper, but it is uncomfortable. Yeah, it's an uncomfortable bumper. Let's just call it that. Yeah. We had Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd as cops in the next sketch. And these were cops that were obsessed with talking about where to get food, but in the most racist way possible. And then they're, they get called to different crime scenes. And when they get there, they just immediately shoot the person. And it was super fucking racist. Yeah, it was like a TV show called Police State. Um, and so there was a whole like intro yeah it was like mocking dragnet and cops yeah which <sighs> which i think reno 911 did it way better first of all <laughs> or season one at least i haven't watched anything more really yeah I, I don't know it was just like mocking these shows and they're in between them killing people they're like oh should we get french should we get this and then towards the end they're like should we kill a mexican or should we shoot a Mexican? And they were like, no, we did that last night. And I think it was a Latino. And it was like, oh my God. Yeah, it was out of pocket. Um, it was cringy. It, it was more than cringy. Yeah. But there was also this like thing that they broke up each of these little scenes where it was just the same joke over and over again. They broke it up with um like toy cars and a pile up and it eventually caught fire and then you could see like the hands dropping the cars onto the pile up that was kind of interesting to watch but um didn't need it yeah it was like oh that's fun i've never seen a pile of toy cars on fire before next like yeah. that was that was about what it contributed um yeah um we had weekend update which don pardo was introducing and there's a weekend update with Don Pardo and Chevy Chase is like, I'm Chevy Chase and you're not. And Don Pardo responds, nobody wants to be chubby. And it was like, what the fuck? That was the highlight, I think, for me of the whole weekend yeah. update. Yeah, the rest of it was, it was just, it felt thrown together. There was a joke about Jimmy Hoffa had been missing for a year and that the current teamster leader was going to sit down with a block of concrete and like acknowledge that Jimmy Hoffa was the cornerstone and it was like Jesus it's like that that's just mafia humor that was funny there was like a a break to Chris Christopherson doing an ad for a book on like talking country which was just eh. yeah um (laughs) There was a cutaway to Mars as they were saying that they were collecting stuff on Mars and it was like a can that someone was operating and in the background you could see like a boot and a beer can and cigarette butts like in the soil and it was like oh haha okay. 
I did like that they took Spiro Agnew to task for being uh, an anti-Semitic piece of shit. Yeah, that was a highlight, actually. Um, yeah, it wasn't funny, but I was happy they did it. Yeah. They did this little <laughs> bit where Lorraine Newman was a correspondent at NASA, but she was actually at, oh, fuck, I can't pronounce it, Nassau. 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 <laughs> That was kind of weekend update. Chevy Chase was sweaty as fuck. Again. I didn't really notice, but yeah, that was really it. He didn't repeat the top story quote for those of you who are tired of weekend update, which I kind of was of this one. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I appreciated that. It was like, fucking thank you. Make it end. Yeah. Um, and so the next sketch we referenced on our Twitter account. Um, but yeah, so the next sketch, it was Chris Christopherson singing his song, singing the song he wrote, uh, me and Bobby McGee. And this song, it was, I mean, most, I would say most people know the song or mo the, uh, most people know the Janis Joplin version, but the lyrics to me and Bobby McGee. Oh yeah. It was written by him and Willie Nelson. Uh, so it talks about how uh, busted flat in Baton Rouge headed for the train. Um, he, Bobby thumbed a diesel down just before it rained, took us all the way to New Orleans. Anyway, it's basically about this guy and his girl on the road and how um, it's him and his girl, Bobby McGee. And then it said, then somewhere near Salinas, Lord, I let her slip away looking for the home I hope she'll find. And I'd trade all my tomorrows for a single yesterday, holding Bobby's next close to mine. I don't know if next is the right word there. Oh, those are my, those are my, oh, I have those on my end. <laughs> sorry, I pre-planned my munchies. Um, so, sorry. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, da, 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 da. so this is, oh, the people at SNL, they've told me that the real Bobby McGee is in the audience or, and Gilda Radner, and her now husband come up to the stage. And Gilda Radner is now Bobby Par- Parlor or something. I can't remember her new last name or her married last name. But she's not, you, when you listen to the song, you picture this like spirited hippie woman and you know, they're just traveling the country. And she's basically like an older woman who has become a housewife and has a very, very, um, I would say New Englandish accent. Um, it was annoying. It was um, annoying. That that was the one thing I could really think during this sketch because I didn't know what was going on. No, and so it was basically she's like, "Oh, no one believes the song's about me. Can you play it? Can you play it?" And Chris Christopherson is just like, "Oh God, I want to get out of here because Larry, Bobby McGee slash Gilda Radner's husband, is enraged that his wife slept with Chris Christopherson." And he gets more and more angry and Gilda just wants Chris to finish the song and John Belushi kind of flies into a mini rage and grabs Gilda Radner's arm and like hauls her off the stage. And it was like, wow, okay, that was not cool. So what you think at the beginning of the sketch, oh, it's going to be this cute little reunion between Chris Christopherson and the real Bobby McGee. It turns out to be anything but... And it was kind of just an excuse for him to sing it. But by the end, he wasn't singing it. He was like speed talking his way through because he just wanted it to end. And his wife comes out and she's like, what the hell? 
And like part of what Gelda was saying to her husband was, oh, don't worry about it. It was so long ago. Don't worry about it. And when Chris Christophe, when Rita Coolidge comes out, she's like, oh my God, that was the real Bobby McGee. And he's like, yeah, it was a long time ago. I have no idea what happened. And that part was kind of funny, but it was just like, what the fuck was the point of this other than it was like kind of abusive and weird? Yeah, it was just kind of weird. That was kind of funny though. Um, that one particular part where Rita came out. The next sketch was like a blind date situation where Jane Curtin had been set up with her gynecologist played by Chris Christopherson, um, who I hate to say it. I don't think he can, can act comedically <laughs> like at all. I'm sorry. Um, sorry to Chris Christopherson, but uh, didn't laugh. Um. <laughs> yeah. So I thought this was kind of like a highlight of the episode, and I don't know what's, what that's saying about the episode. <laughs> I thought it was a cute two-person performance in that it was not a relatable situation because, well, I don't know that I would ever have a male gynecologist. Um, right. But, like, yeah, I, I don't, I, I know some women who will only go to male gynecologists, and I'm like, the fuck? Like, I want the doctor to know what the hell, like. That's a level of internalized misogyny I can't understand. Mm-mm, nope. Can, I don't get it. I would never. Like, I've literally had, there was a time when I had an appointment and my doctor was out sick and I got a call and they were like, oh, do you mind if Dr. Smith, his last name was not Smith, but do you mind if he does your exam? And I was like, yeah, I mind. When's her next available appointment? Like, thank you for calling, but no. Um it's like the practice had only two men and it had a ton of other women. No other women could have taken... Anyway, that's not the point of this. Um, yeah, I thought it was kind of cute in that it was like a two-person performance piece. And he's like, listen, like, I'm a person too. Like, gynecologists have to date. Like, I don't remember anything. And she's like, you don't remember anything? And she was kind of offended. That It was kind of funny, the back and forth. It was just like a nervous pre-date and I don't know, it was absurd, but compared to the rest of the show, I was like, all right, I'll take it. It, it made me laugh like four times, five times. So fine yeah. by me. It wasn't problematic. I It wasn't problematic. I laughed at, um, he complimented her shirt and she was like, oh, well, you've only ever seen me in a white gown, um, white <laughs> gown which was pretty funny. Although where I go, they have pink paper gowns and it's so much fun. Um <laughs> does sound fun yeah. I, was, I think i've only worn blue ones so um i also laughed when he basically told her that her pussy was forgettable that was kind of funny he'd say it um <laughs> <laughs> excuse me yeah um and then we had chris christopherson and rita coolidge they performed uh the song eddie the eunuch uh okay interesting title yeah i can't say that i had heard it before and i can't say i'll ever listen to it again <laughs> same um then we had a sketch that i i really liked this one it was garrett morris as like um like a pastor uh his name was andrew young and he was running for i don't know office or some shit um so I, to, to be honest was a little bit fucked up by the point we got to this sketch but anyways <laughs> um he was just talking about Jimmy Carter and how his initials are JC and he kept saying hallelujah. It was funny. Yeah, it really, it 
kind of was it yeah um yeah he's talking about how you know he marched with martin luther king and how you know he knows jimmy carter's the right man for the job and jimmy carter comes in it's dan Aykroyd, and i did not know that could happen but i deleted three stuff so we'll see you know anyway we were at the andrew young preacher part it was dan Aykroyd as jimmy carter i thought his impression was quite good towards the end it kind of slipped into weird i love him yeah um, and he was such a fucking fox. Like the men, anyone he was, he's so cute. No, anyone in this cast could have gotten it. I understand why they were like drowning in sex. Um, towards the end, his impression of Jimmy Carter went a little weird Australian accent. But at the beginning of the sketch, both Dan Aykroyd and Garrett Morris were having a hard time not breaking, which I thought was really cute. It was. They were kind of like hugging. And, yeah. Yeah. I didn't really have such good notes on this section. Um, and Gilda has just stepped away. So I guess I will just uh, talk about. <laughs> Sorry, I, <coughs> I was, I was re-upping on my flower. I didn't step away. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it gets to the end of the sketch and it turns out Andrew Young is having a terrible nightmare where Jimmy Carter's saying, no, I'm not getting you a spot in the administration. You have to stay here in Georgia. And, uh, fight for the people and he's like but mr carter said such nice things about you and he was like yeah it was funny and he's just like no you have to stay here for the people or so it's something he kept repeating it over and over it turns into a dream and garrett morris wakes up and he's like oh no oh no and his wife's like what's wrong and he's like i I had a dream and she's like oh that's beautiful it's like no yeah i do love to see um jimmy Carter, Dan, Aykroyd. Um, had me thinking though, where's our Joe Biden at? I haven't seen that man in a hot second. Um, who knows? Which conservatives are all bitching right now because they're like, oh, they haven't picked on Joe Biden at all. And it's like, there hasn't really been anything to go after. Yeah. Like there may have been a few gaffes here and there, but like, why fuck? Well, actually, he did, like, bomb Syria. But, like, anyways. <laughs> he, he, he did bomb Syria, yes. Um, I saw the meme the other day. It was, like, difference between a Democratic, Repo- a Democratic president and a Republican president. And it just had, like, a plane dropping bombs, and that was a GOP. And the second plane, it said, um, it was, like, it was the Democrats, and it had, like, a Black Lives Matter and a gay pride sticker on it, and it was still dropping the bombs. <laughs> Yeah, I think I posted that on my Finsta story once. Um, oh. I'm not sure if it was recently. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, a little bit too true, though. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next sketch I kind of got, but I was just like, oh, sweet. Jesus. Yeah, the next sketch was titled Waiting for Pardo, and it was Chris Christopherson and Chevy Chase. Um, I thought that, you know, I think it was just a bad lineup of sketches tonight, but to me, this is the best sketch of the night because as someone who knows, I've heard the title Waiting for Godot. So, you know, that I was that close to getting this sketch already. And then the other part of the sketch was um, Don Pardo kept interjecting with these little like ads for products, but he was talking about like philosophy alongside the ad which i thought was kind of funny and kind of how ads do be though 
Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of, that part resonated with me, if only because we have been fucking binging The Good Place recently. Have you seen Good Place mm. yet or no? I haven't, but I get like a lot about what it's about. Okay. And like I, I've seen a lot of gifts and shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Steve is not a binge watcher. Yeah. We have watched like this entire show in two weeks. Wait, how many episodes are, or how many seasons are there? Four, and there are 13 episodes per season. So that would be 26. So that would be 46. 52 episodes. That's a lot for Steve. That is a lot for anybody, I think. Um. I, well, I mean, I fucking love it. I don't care. They're like 20 minutes long. It's not, it's like candy. True. And it's funny and it's about philosophy. So that really, that part resonated. But I thought the line, how do you know he exists? I've heard him. And for those of you that don't know, Waiting for Godot is, um, it's a play. And it's like tragedy comedy. And it's about two guys who are waiting for a guy named Godot. And they don't know if they've ever met him or if he'll show up. And people come by and they talk to them. And the next day, more the same people come by. But we don't know if it's the next day or if they're still waiting and it's been months. And towards the end, Chris Christopherson and Chevy Chase just kind of start going through 99 bottles of beer on the wall. But in, like, spoken verse. I was like, all right, that was mildly funny. Yeah, a little bit strange, but all right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had another performance by Chris Christopherson to cap off the night. He performed I've Got a Life of My Own and there were so many damn musicians on the stage that they were going up the stairs. There like were. they did not have enough space. Um, but yeah, that was it. That was the fucking anticlimactic finale of the first season of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I thought it was so strange that they ended with the musical guest yeah and i'm not gonna lie can you believe that we fucking done an entire season of this show that kind of blows my mind kind of blows my mind too okay what didn't hit this episode (laughs) for you if not the whole episode (laughs) um okay i guess i could have my um let me do my what didn't hit but first i'll do my runner up for what didn't hit um (laughs) So, runner-up of the night, um, I'm going to go on ahead and say the police state sketch was a bit much for me, mm-hmm. um, but then the worst, not the worst, because they were all pretty bad, um, but <laughs> like everything that I'm looking at on this one page of notes, um, specifically the equal time um like sketch you know with Lorraine Newman yeah, yeah she would, uh, Sherry Norwalk the SNL secretary yeah that was my least favorite of the night I was it was gross there was no point other than to be like oh they're all fucking this lady yeah my meh was a lot it was pretty much most of the episode with the exception of uh I thought the Jimmy Carter thing was funny but my best was the blind date with an OBGYN that's fair i did i kind of did laugh a few times 
Right. And that was pretty much, it was like, well, it wasn't offensive and I laughed. So therefore I think it took the top spot, but yeah. So that is it for season one of Saturday night live and for season one of Saturday night high for the next few weeks, we will be doing, uh, we'll be finishing slash getting a bit further in the live from New York SNL Bible or the SNL Bible live from New York by Tom Schiller and James and Tom Miller and James Andrew. I, I don't fucking know. James Andrew, someone James Andrew Miller, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll post the we'll post the link in our notes. Um, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. We're on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, pretty much everywhere. Yes, and Twitter. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Reddit, at Sat Night High Pod. Night is spelled N-I-T-E on Twitter. We have a website, satnighthighpod.com. And if you would like to reach us uh, and use more characters than Twitter allows, our Gmail is satnighthighpod. And that was season fucking one. I'm Steph. Season fucking one. I'm Gilda. Happy highs. highs.